0: Good afternoon, Facebook family. Welcome to another episode of Post Daily Dose with me, your trusted parenting advisor, faithful guidance servant on the healing journey. What's my name? Big Papa Brian Post. Hope you guys are having a terrific Tuesday and that's been a good day for you. It actually is a very nice, turned out to be a very nice, very clear, um, almost 80 degree afternoon here in Crescent City. So we are feeling very fortunate and blessed that there's no smoke. There was smoke this morning. It was so weird how it settles in all of a sudden. We can literally smell it through the logs in the cabin. And uh turned out to be a beautiful day, though. So I hope you guys are doing fantastic. Um had a text come in from one of my moms just recently, and I thought I would share it because it's so funny because I was just over visiting with another one of my moms and kind of looking at some of the same dynamics, navigating The oftentimes very rough, very rocky waters of extreme sibling upset, rivalry, extreme sibling rivalry, and, you know, a fight for survival, which is funny because I just talked to another parent. You know, a lot of times, a lot of times the parents, hello, Hillary, dear. Hello, Mimi. And hello, Jennifer B. A lot of times the parents, Jennifer Girl, you need to text me. We got to talk about that business, about getting you up here at Crescent City. So text me. Let's 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 make some time. Um, Jennifer Jennifer B, for those of you who do not know, which is probably most of you, is my chef down in Humboldt County. So she provides amazing meals for our families down there, and she's just an amazing individual. So, so happy to have her on our team. And hello there, Mary Matley. So just the other day, I was also talking to, and maybe I mentioned this yesterday, I was talking to another set of families around dinner time, with more sibling conflicts. So a lot of my families think that, you know, sometimes I'm talking about your situation, but a lot of times I'm not. I'm talking about three, four, five other situations. So you just never know who I may be actually talking to. And it's like that situation in a lecture, you know. I always encourage people to ask questions in your lectures because your question is probably the same question that 30 other people have, they just don't ask. So this is one of those opportunities. This particular parent has a whole handful of children and this particular day is a scenario, getting ready to go to the store. She's got an older teen son, he's fine, he's in the in the truck. But then on the way in, she's got a first a 10, a 12, and a 13-year-old. Now imagine that dynamic, okay? All girls, 10, 12, and 13-year-old girls. So all pre-adolescent, with the exception of the 10-year-old, who's coming soon, and that's Tammy Martin calling me. Right in the middle of the dose, and I'll have to call her back. So, what happens is they're going to get in the truck. 12 year old spits on the 10 year old. Mom says probably because, and she handled it pretty well, probably because she cursed her, and you know, that was it. So, then they get in, and then the 12 year old spits on the 10 year old. 10 year old spits on, yeah, 10 year old spits on 12 year old because 12 year old called her a naughty name. Then the 12 year old spits on the 10 year old and then there's all kinds of barrages of of ex, ex, expletives expletives explicitives, ex, is it explicitives expletives expletives, and fantastic and amazing curse words and any other day I would find be feel completely fine to just rattle off what those curse words are but mm, something about this particular I don't need to reinforce that so mom's like, what do I do in this situation? And then they get quiet, and then when they're getting ready to get out, finally they get quiet. When they're getting ready to get out, 12-year-old kicks 13-year-old in the back because she's not getting out fast enough, which then sends off another round of expletives. 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 (laughs) And, And then they go to the store and make it through and mom's like, okay, so what do I do in the first scenario? This is important. So in the whole thing, what I'm hearing are attitudes, feelings and behaviors. Number one, the, well, the spitting is a behavior. The cursing is an expression of feelings. The kicking is a behavior. And so mom said she actually just waited it out The first round, the first round, she just waited it out. It died down. They moved on. And when you start asking, what do you do? It comes back to paying attention. Thank you, Gail Perkins, for the 200 stars. Gail Perkins making it rain on Big Papa today. It comes back to being attuned. And there are so many dynamics. See, a lot of times we want to take an isolated situation and we want to try to address that isolated situation. But that isolated situation is actually the outcome of a process. I think I talked about this a little bit yesterday. I bet you somewhere in the course of the morning before it came time to get into the truck Those two siblings were already feeling threatened by one another. They were already stressed. They were already communicating that anxiety. They were already communicating in some form or fashion. But oftentimes as parents, we can get so busy in doing the thing that we do as parents that our attunement receptor dials down. When our attunement receptor dials down, we don't necessarily pick up on those cues. So then what happens is we say, hey, let's go to the store. Going to the store is supposed to be a fun thing, right? Everyone's supposed to enjoy going to the store because you're probably going to get a treat and it's a field trip and it's going to be great. But guess what? Number one, going to the store is a huge transition. Anytime you have an adopted child, any adopted children have transition issues. So transition automatically causes stress. Stress automatically causes us to regress. So now... Your seemingly 12, 13, 12 and 10 year old are actually not even 13, 12 and 10 anymore. They are now five, three and two. Looky there. Five, four and two. Looky there. Or any, any number, any switch and move around. If you had the cones, you just take your, take your pick of who's emotionally younger in any given moment. So then there's that. So then the actual spitting on the other individual as we're getting into the truck. Now this is very important. At any given time, you as the parent get to determine whether you wanna continue forward with something or whether you wanna stop. At any given time as a parent, you get to determine whether something, you're gonna let something ride or you're going to make an issue out of it. In this particular instance, mom decided not to, not to do anything to let her ride. So there's some spitting exchanges and there's some cursing. We like to work and operate from a standpoint of intervention. Most of what I talk to you guys about is prevention. Prevention. I don't operate from intervention. I operate from prevention. So we want to set up and look at and analyze the stress leading up to the scenario. But then when, let's say the first child starts, the 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 10-year-old spits on the 12-year-old. We already know, because we know our children, we already know the 12-year-old is not going to be happy. Even if she got away with cursing her little 10-year-old, and even if it was deserved because she cursed the 10-year-old, so the 10-year-old spit on her. We know from experience that this probably is not going to stop there. So whether she handled it well, eh, we can't really tell. But what we do know is that she's probably stressed. So I would probably say if it were me, I would probably say I would probably stop and I would look at both of them. And I would say, we are not going another step further because I know where this is headed. And I do not want to drive to the store stressed out with you guys fighting and kicking and cussing and screaming because when I get stressed out, I don't pay attention. And if I don't pay attention, I'm liable to run off the road. And if I'm liable to run off the road, I'm liable to hurt one of you guys. We're all of us. And I don't want to do that. So I think we're going to just hold up for a minute. Now, at this point, you're probably going to get all kinds of, why did you do that? Blah, 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 blah. That's all fine. That's all fine. So now at this point, you're listening. At this point, you're breathing. And you're saying, okay, okay, all right, I understand. Um, sister, 12-year-old sister, It hurts your sister's feelings when you say naughty words to her. Ten-year-old sister, honey, let's not kick. Let's keep our feet on the ground. And if you need to tell mama if she hurts your feelings, please let me know, okay? So we have us a little process. But we make sure we have enough process that everyone feels heard and everyone feels understood. And then you check in you say, are we good? Eye contact. Are we good? Are you sure? Does anyone need hug? Does anyone need kisses? Are we good? Are we good? Are we good? We're good. Everyone gets in the truck. Now, here's something else you want to keep in mind. How you situate the children in the vehicle is very important. Many times I will say to parents, especially two-parent households, even though you love to ride next to one another, One adult sits in the front, one child sits in the front, one adult sits in the back, and the other children sit in the back. That helps them regulate the environment more effectively. One mom, that tells you, you probably need to take the one that seems a little bit more on the edge of dysregulation and have them sit in the front. Because you want to create the containment. This may create a whole new round of issues, But these are things that your your children will eventually get used to if you are willing to set the limit and be willing to skip Dollar General, if you have to. Inside, know that you're willing to skip Dollar General. Inside, know that you're willing to work this process all the way through, and hopefully it'll be successful. But if not, be willing to turn around and walk back in the house and let them keep fighting. Okay? So then you get to, when you do that, You, nine times out of ten, avoid the kick in the back, which then avoids the 13-year-old feeling like you don't protect her or don't take care of her because you don't consequence the other kids because that's not something you do. But see, we can prevent that. Well, let's say we go all through that. We get to the store. Boom, 12-year-old kicks 13-year-old, which sends off its whole another round of cursing. Again, you stop We are responsible for regulating the environment. When we stress, when our children stress, they regress to an earlier emotional state. Stop. Stop. And say to your 13-year-old, honey, come here. Rub her back, say, are you okay? You look at your 12-year-old. You say, kicking your sister in the back is not okay. It's not okay, and she gets mad, and that's fine. It's okay for the kids to get mad. It's okay for your kids to get upset. There's fine. There's no problem with that. Let them get upset. Attitudes, feelings, and behaviors. You want them expressing their attitudes and their feelings so they don't drop into behaviors. It's very important. And then you, you get them conditioned through setting frequent, consistent limits. You let them express attitudes, let them express feelings so they don't drop into behaviors. And you say to your child, you set the limit. It is not okay to kick. And she gets mad, and that's fine. Let her get mad, okay? And then mom said later, she actually asked the 12-year-old what was stressing you out, what was stressing her out so much, which is fantastic. Mom said the 12-year-old actually said she's just really missing her friends, really wants to spend some time with her friends. Mom says that was huge, just that she was able to communicate that. Fantastic! You asked, you asked in a non-threatening way, in a supportive way, and she was able to actually come up and tell you. So it really comes back to emotional containment, setting limits, thinking about prevention, thinking about from a standpoint of where are my children at emotionally. Gail Perkins, girl, she laid eight hundred stars on me. That's a big Papa record. Oh my gosh! Hang on. I get <laughs> had to do a little big papa dance for you, Gil. Appreciate that. So it's all about setting those limits. It's all about thinking about the regressed state. And don't be afraid. Don't be afraid for your kids to get upset. Last night I'm sitting here with Harold and Edna. It was about 8:30. We had a couple teenage boys, and I said, hey. It's time, and I've been out of town. and So I come in, and I'm immediately bossing everybody around. My mama always tells me I'm being bossy. She'll say, hey, don't be bossing me around. Ah. So I'm bossing everyone around. It's 8.30, 9 o'clock. I'm like, you boys, when's the last time you had a shower? You stink. Go get in a shower. So they got to go take their showers, and they go take their showers. And then I'm like, hey, it's 9 o'clock. It's a school night. Time for bed. Go to your bedroom. Go lay down. So they all, they, you know, they go lay down. And so me and Harold and Edna are sitting out here jibber-jabbering. And about 9.30, they both come out. You know, we're just sitting here, you know, chilling. They come out, and they're like, like it's a new day. Well, we can't sleep, so we're going to go out and work on bicycles. Like they had a whole plan in their head. We're going to go work on bicycles at almost 10 o'clock at night. And I said, absolutely not. It is a school night. Take y'all's butts to bed. And in about 20 seconds, they turned around and went and got into bed. Didn't get up, again, probably until I started snoring. And then they get up and get into stuff and eat snacks and all that kind of stuff. But they never left the house. And they slept good. And they both woke up very happy. Don't be afraid to set limits. The more you're willing to set limits, the more your children get used to and can predict who you are and where you stand, and that creates natural safety. So I hope that's helpful for the mom. I hope that's helpful for you guys. I hope you have an amazing evening. Remember, in any given situation, sometimes, guys, it's just a matter of slowing down. You just slow down and watch it. You just analyze it. You just think about it. Maybe you don't do anything different. Just watch it and then think about it. What would I do different here? And let it play out the way it's going to play out. And just think, hmm, next time. I'm going to do this next time. It's just like I told the parents with the siblings who have problems at dinner table. You're going to have to do this 12 times. So I would want mom, get back in the truck tomorrow and do it again. This time, do something a little bit different. Watch a little bit different. Be thinking a little bit different. And then do it again. And then it's fun then because we don't tell our kids that they're actually a part of an experiment. And we're mad parenting scientists in the name of love. In any given situation, in any given moment, we always have two choices. You can continue to react from the same blueprints of stress, fear, and overwhelm. Or you can stop. You can slow down, take three to ten deep breaths, and choose love And I hope you guys will choose love every single moment that you possibly can. And remember, it's not always possible. Sometimes we just get too stressed out, and that's okay, too. You can still, after you get stressed out and lose your freaking mind, you can still breathe. Come back, think it through, apologize, and do better the next time. Big Papa loves you. God bless you. You guys stay safe. My sweet, my sweet, sweet baby girl, Marley Jace. A soon-to-be 17-year-old is having some medical medical struggles, and so just say a little prayer and send a little positive thought for for herself and for her very strong, um, brave mother, Christy, who all of you you know see on Daily Dose sometime. So, I'm just hoping that that uh, the doctors are taking care of everything, and I'm I'm not too alarmed yet. Um, that's there's there's nothing that stresses me out faster than Marley having to be in the hospital or have some kind of surgery. Man, that just, boosh, that just takes away all my window of tolerance. And so right now we're really positive. Christy and I, we're talking at three o'clock in the morning, just kind of processing, thinking it through, which is awesome because we have great communication. And we, when it comes to Marley and it comes to our health, we're just like right on the same page all the time. So that helps me feel less stressed. Also knowing I'm clear across the country, but if so if needed, there are airports and I would get there. So say a prayer for us. Say a positive thought for us. And I will see you guys tomorrow. Join us live on weekdays at 6.30 Central Time on Facebook at the Post Institute. Don't forget to get your copy of Brian's best-selling book, From Fear to Love, on promotion. Just pay shipping and handling at www.feartolovebook.com That's www.feartolovebook.com